Welcome to Giving Your Best Life with Stephanie Jones, a.k.a. The Giving Gal. Former police officer, private investigator, professional organizer, who pivoted to the corporate world and then through giving 522 gifts, became an author and inspirational speaker. Need a little positivity and inspiration in your life? Grab a mug of your favorite drink and cozy up in a comfy chair and join Stephanie as she chats about giving your best life. In each episode, she shares intentional ways to give to yourself and others, how gratitude can lead to a healthier, happier, more content life, and tips to accomplish your goals. Let's jump into giving your best life. Hello friends, this is Stephanie, also known as The Giving Gal, with episode 12 of Giving Your Best Life. And uh, on episode 11, I think I shared a little bit with you is I kind of wing these episodes. I I want to make sure I'm keeping life real, transparent, um, and so I really share what's going on in my life. When I started the podcast, my wonderful virtual assistant, Rebecca, which friend, she's way more than that. Um, she said I needed to have guests. And I really didn't want to have guests because I didn't want to have to schedule, coordinate, technology, all that stuff. Very low key. But I have a surprise for you today because I actually have a friend in town who I love her. I, I hate to even call it a business because it really is a mission. And I asked her if she'd be on my podcast. So now I have guests on my podcast. Maybe the one and only, so you may be very special, but I want to introduce you to uh, my friend, Sarah Harmeyer with Neighbors Table. Hey, Sarah, welcome. Hello from the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We're sitting here in my living room, and uh, Sarah and I actually met on the internet first and then a conference. Do you even remember what the conference was with John Acuff? Is it the one in Nashville? Is yes. that where we met? Yeah. can't remember what it was called, though. Was it the start? No, it was the one after that. Terrible. I know. Anyways, we met at a conference for, oh, launch out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To launch your like small businesses. And uh, anyways, we stayed connected on social media, which speaking of social media, I want to get that out of the way first because friends, I believe in following people who lift you up, you see them, it's positive. And so Sarah, where can my listeners find you? So my home base is my website, neighborstable.com. Uh, I love Instagram. It's Neighbors Table there. I'm on Facebook and sometimes on Twitter. But um, yes, I would love to connect with anyone that wants to hear about tables and connection and community and and gathering people. And uh, this is the second time I've had Sarah in my home, which I love it. Uh, she was actually in Indiana for a speaking engagement a couple of years ago. And she's here on one of her missions today. So do you want to tell my audience, share with my audience a little bit about Neighbors Table? Sure. Well, it's fun that tables bring me across the country to see friends like you. So thank you always for letting me crash. Anytime. Um, Stephanie is quite the host, so thank you. Neighbors Table really started before Neighbors Table was a thing. Um, I had moved to Dallas, Texas for my job. I was doing fundraising, and 
Truly, it was in my young professional career and that my identity was really wrapped up in my work. And so I had a dear friend kind of point that out to me. And he was like, I'd love to meet with you for a few months. And let's just kind of revisit on some key things that shape my life and my values. And through that process, my friend Eric helped me realize that I'm a people gatherer. And you're probably listening going, what is a people gatherer? But (laughs) It's exactly what it is. Um, He said, that is naturally how God made me as a people gatherer. So I got to thinking, what does that even mean? And what does that look like in my life? And I would go back to the very best moments of my life. And they have always been around the table. I love creating experiences. I love cooking. I love watching people connect across the table. I love everything about it. And Um, I thought maybe that is how I will gather people. So this was 2012 and I was still in my busy job, but um, I became real intentional about gathering people. And I asked my dad if he'd build me a table big enough to seat 20 people. And I have a small home in Dallas and my yard's small too, but it has a little bit more room. So we put a long farmhouse style table with benches under the oak tree and hung chandeliers overhead. And In 2012, I set a goal to try to serve 500 people around that table, just one dinner party after another. I didn't even know 500 people when I started. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I was still new, but it quickly became this place that everyone knew anyone was welcome and the more the merrier. So people would be friends, bring friends of friends. But I honestly started with the people closest to me. And I didn't know any of my neighbors when I started, and I wanted to get to know those that were closest to me. So um, on Thanksgiving Day that year, the 500th guest walked down the driveway, and you could have heard the hooping and hollering five blocks over because we were so excited that the 500th person came. Um, But I kept going after that um, because I knew I was onto something. Something felt like all boosters were firing. You know that, that time where you know you're doing the thing that you're made to do. And so about a year and a half in, my friend Eric calls and he was like, Sarah, I think there might be something up to this. I wonder if there's something outside your own yard that God could be doing. And I was like, this is so sweet. I can't even imagine what, what could be outside the yard, you know? And I wasn't even thinking that way. But uh, several months later, I was daydreaming, and I just got to thinking, there's other people wired just like me, and probably even better than me. What if I could find those people and cheer them on to be people gatherers? And what if they needed a home base like I did with a table? So I called my dad to see if he'd be willing to build tables for other people, and he said yes, and I quickly gave him the title of chairman of the boards. And we laughed way too long about that. Every time I hear it, I love it. It's like, oh, that's perfect. Yes, (laughs) chairman of the boards. And we ended up calling it neighbor's table because I feel like the table belongs to every person that sits Mm -hmm. at it. And we say it's a love mission. So we just want to be really missional about the way that we gather and we love people. So um, it is a business now. It is my full-time job, which I get so tickled thinking about. And I actually came your way because I was delivering a table 
Um, that's right. I actually deliver every <laughs> single table myself across this country, which is a really inefficient way of doing business, but quite fun. And you're not just delivering <laughs> the table in like the back of a pickup truck. Like, share yeah. with us how you deliver the tables. So I rent a very large box truck and I try to load up several tables at a time to make the journey from Texas to wherever I'm going. And we're in Indiana, so we traveled through several states to get here. Usually along the way, I'll have other stops that I'm delivering tables to and we just make an adventure out of it. I think God made me a road warrior. I love traveling. Um... And I will often get to have the first meal with people around their tables. And uh, today I had the honor of delivering tables to a retirement community. And they've got a, a new space, an outdoor space that they'll be fixing up. And it just tickles me to think of people sitting around our tables, things that we made with our hands. Right. You know? So it's really that's really special. What a gift that you're giving to communities. And I think you using your gift of gathering people. Um, it's uncommon, I feel like, that people actually get to do what they love. You know, you talk about your job being your identity. And I know you really enjoyed your job in, and yeah. in fundraising. Um, but this is something different. And a couple of things is, one... I love that you set a goal. So it wasn't just like, I think that's very important of your story because I think a lot of times people have an idea, they have a vision. It seems very dreamy of even just going, okay, I'm going to put a table and I'm going to have people come to my house. Mm. And then it's been a year or two years and still nobody has come to their house or whatever, fill in the blank. We do this all the time. And so why was it important for you to have a goal of the number of people around your table? Yeah, I really wanted to live into how God made me. So I am a very goal-oriented person. I'm intentional with the things that I want for my life. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of a pick-a-word-for-the-year type girl. My word was community that year. Like, I truly wanted something to happen and change in my life, and that's typically why I set a goal around those yeah. things. So, um, you know, my word could be responsibility, and I'm setting goals for that as well with right. my finances, with my health. Why wouldn't I set a goal around something else? So I'm very driven um, by that, and 500 is a lot of people. So halfway, I'm like... <laughs> I got the, I said I would do it. Like it's the thing, the intention that has right. kept me going. So I think the other thing too, is there's always a balance. Um, I coach and work with people on goals. I talk about it and there's always this balance of having a goal that's a little bit out of reach, but not so far out of reach that it's going to be unattainable. So you don't get it. So how did you come up with 500 where it felt like it was a stretch for you, but that if you worked at it, you could accomplish that? Yeah. Uh, I just, I am picturing myself <laughs> back in that year because yeah. my life was so full still. Mm. Like, and that was the thing is every moment I had that was free at home and I wasn't traveling, I was thinking about that goal. So it did help having something that I was looking forward to. And I told people about it. So as people ate there, 
I'm like, guess what? Your number's 280 through 293 tonight. And they're like, oh, wow, how far? So people knew about it. They wanted to follow up. They wanted to know. Um, and it was, I don't know, it was just really helpful to keep yeah. driving me. So I had a goal to serve 500 people for several years after that. So yeah. I've actually served 3,500 people now around those tables. Wow. Um, I don't count as much as I used to. Right. But I'm, I'm getting to deliver and gather people at other people's tables now more than my own. I so. think two things that you said is one, you told people. And I always think that's important for goal setting. Did you feel like then you had some accountability? Oh, yeah, sure. Is especially giving people numbers now. They knew they knew where you were at, yep. so you couldn't. You had some integrity into yep. it. It wasn't like you were kind of keeping track of this number on your own. Um, I think the other thing too that you talked about, and I totally just lost it out of my head. You said something that it was like really relevant to the goal. Oh, well, I'm going to pass it. Um, but I just love that you had the goal. I love that you gathered people. The other thing too is it was people that you didn't know. And tell me how that changed, you know, because a lot of times we tend to be around people that look like us, act like us, have the same religion. My guess is 3,500 people now. Not everybody looks and acts like Sarah. And so how has that broadened your community and your perspective? Sure. I really wanted to create an environment of respect and space that all people would feel comfortable. There's so much for us to learn from each other. I think we we focus on so many times the things that are different among us, but there's still so much similarity. So one of the things I do before we eat is I tell people what I hope we would experience at the table. And one of the things I say is I hope we do more listening than talking. And you can see people's wheels turn like, what does she mean by that? And it's really just being present with people instead of being quick to share your opinion about something. Listen to how someone grew up or listen to how um, they formed their views about things. And because of that, we can still respect that. So. I will say I am the first person that's been changed by all these people in my own uh, yard around my table because it's been so rich. We all crave connection and we we can create that space at a table. It feels like the table's this great equalizer. Right. Like wow, you can that's have powerful. An eighth grader sitting next to an executive or mm-hmm. my plumber next to my Pilates instructor. Like people feel especially when you as a hostess can make people feel that way. They feel valued right. no matter what they bring to the table. One thing that you shared with me that I love, share a little bit about what you do you know, before you start, of how you go around and introduce and do something special, yeah. which I think is a simple gift. You know, I love to talk about gifts, and they don't have to cost a lot of time or any money. And so will you yes. share that? Yeah, I think it's the gift of being seen. Mm, Um, Love that. I think in the inside of all of us, we are a junior high student that craves to have a place at the table in the cafeteria as well as someone knowing our name. And I will go around and circle everyone up and just say, I'd love to introduce you all to who you're going to be eating with tonight. And it literally starts with saying their name. This is George. And then I tell everyone what I love about them. And maybe George just walked in for the first time that night and doesn't know anyone. Well, I'll remember something when I met him about our conversation. I'll say, this is George. I can tell he's a really great dad because Mm -hmm. the way he lit up talking about his boys' soccer games this morning. Mm -hmm. He's also an attorney, so if you have any questions, he's down here at this (laughs) end of the table. 
But just giving everyone a little perspective on who right. they're sharing the table with, and that allows people to sit down confidently at the mm-hmm. table. So just giving people the gift of having a safe place, being seen, and then sitting down with confidence, knowing you've got a little something to start the conversation with. Yeah, I love that. And it's such a simple but powerful thing. I'm sure you see people's physical reactions when you notice them, you notice something about them mm-hmm. uh, in such a short amount of time. I did a similar exercise with a junior high. You mentioned junior high. <laughs> I did it in a junior high classroom. Made them get in a circle and they had to compliment the person next to them. And it was very powerful because it doesn't take much to change someone's day. And I think we can all do that in society. We don't have to know the person to make an impact in your life. I want to talk a little bit about gratitude. We've hit on the goals. We've hit on the giving is how has gratitude played a role in what you've experienced since 2012? Sure. I feel like if I were to sit down with a timeline of my life, I would be overwhelmed with gratitude of Mm -hmm. what has transpired. I've got a little note on my mirror in my bathroom at home that says, strong God, I'm watching you do it. And when we think about God just writing the things in our life and the things, the story that he's creating, um, you can't help but stand back and just laugh like, God, I can't believe you would (laughs) give me the gift of knowing these people. I can't believe you gave me the gift of to keep going, like the endurance to do this. Um, I feel so grateful for everyone that I've met, the adventures I've had on the road, good or bad, because uh, we've broken down a few times. You know, <laughs> <laughs> nothing's ever perfect. Um, but it's kept me going. You know, with COVID this year, um, it's not quite the the greatest season for gathering elbow right. to elbow with people at the table. But I've been so grateful for the business that I do have, and I've had to have that posture of knowing what my gifts are and what God continues to bring. Mm -hmm. So it's kept me hopeful and continue to move forward when I feel grateful. And um, there's so many gifts. Yeah. Gratitude is powerful. And I want to end on this, which thank you, Lord, for reminding me what I I wanted to say is I talk about giving your best life. And I think you've done that. I think so many people, God has given us talents, dreams, passions, things that we love, ideas. You know, I always say, I feel like God downloads ideas, but there's so many people that do nothing with that. And when I think about us giving our best life, you have done that because you have taken your passion. You've stepped out in faith. I know a lot of times But when you talked about that year of your goal of 500, you said something to the effect of like, my life was already full. Mm -hmm. And I think we use that as an excuse sometimes not to do things that we really, we feel called to do, but I don't have the time. Mm -hmm. And so if I think about prioritization in life and giving your best life, how, when you already had a full life, did you make time to gather 500 people around a table mm-hmm. in a year? Yeah. I think it is seeing something so clearly that I know will make it even more full. And I mean like full heart. Full, yeah. Like not just a full calendar. Right. But 
like I said, there's nothing better than doing what you're made to do. Mm-hmm. It feels different. It feels, I said this, it feels like all boosters are firing. Right. You know, people would ask me, well, does anyone invite you over for dinner, Sarah? And that's the thing about giving is like when you give with no expectation in return, there's so much joy in that. Yeah. I, I, I have no expectation of anyone ever returning mm-hmm. anything to me. Um, I invite them to bring food so we can share, you know, share in that cost and right. that sort of thing. But it's the joy of doing it and opening. I'm sharing my time, my resources, my life with people. And it's so fulfilling to give in that way. You know, it's interesting. I never, I've known you for years and I've never connected our stories. My listeners, I think most know I did 522 consecutive days, missed a day and I missed it and picked it up and I've been doing it for years. And my definition of a gift is the exact same, Mm. give and expect nothing in return. And I picked back up because I missed it so much. And yours, yours was the same. I mean, it's pretty incredible of the gift that you're giving of gathering, but you kept going. Yeah. You know, I, I think if you didn't like it or if it was, you know, you would have stopped at 500. I hit the goal. Okay, I'm done. I've crossed the marathon finish line. I'm never running again. And that is what giving, true giving with nothing is you really do get way more than yeah. probably you're giving out. And I think... Um, well, in that today, because Sarah actually has to go catch a flight. She does drive the truck here. And then we were joking catching the truck or catching the plane back. And uh, Sarah, I just want to thank you for giving your time, being gracious today. And um, friends, I challenge you, go check out Sarah, her tables on social media and uh, go out and get to giving your best life. Thanks, Sarah. You bet. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for listening. We know your time is valuable and we're grateful you shared it with us. For more information about Stephanie, her books and speaking, head over to givinggal.com. And remember, there are many ways you can give back by subscribing to Giving Your Best Life, sharing this podcast, writing a review, and signing up for Stephanie's newsletter. We are grateful for you. Now go out and get to Giving Your Best Life.